Hey, it's Margot Tantow here. Welcome to Windowsill Chats, a podcast for creatives and the creatively curious. I am so glad you're here. I've spent decades working with artists and being one myself. I've spent time in the trenches, figuring out the best way to get something made, how to put oneself out there, how to get your work noticed, and pull yourself up and face the next challenge. Windowsill Chats brings you creativity from a global perspective, as I talk in depth to friends I've met along the way. I'm here to bring their stories to you, as well as a few of my own, and see if there's anything you can pull out for yourself. Maybe a laugh, something you can relate to, and definitely a little bit more community for your quiet corner. So grab a cup of tea or coffee or a glass of wine and join me over in my sunny windowsill. Yes, I need your trouble. listening to windowsill chats today or tonight or whatever it is. I really appreciate you tuning in. Um, I wanted to read a review. This one, it's kind of fun because I'm a, I have more reviews now and I really appreciate that. Keep them coming. But I always try and find one that has a little bit of uh, something in common with the guest I'm interviewing. And this one says, friendly and full of sound advice. Every week, I look forward to a friendly windowsill chat that introduces artists, practices, and business advice in an easy and natural way that encourages me to plant those seeds of inspiration and wisdom in my own creative window box. Thanks, Margo, for bringing the light of care and creativity and good business sense to my often rainy windowsill here in the Puget Sound. Thank you, Sarah's Art Life via Apple podcasts. I so appreciate that. And, you know, I really, I really do. I really do care. I hope that comes across. I really do. And today I am bringing you the second interview with uh, my dear friend, Shauna Ahern. And we are both talking to you from the Puget Sound from Vashon Island, where we both live. And uh, there's a detour because the Jed Creek bridge is out. There's it's a small island, but <laughs> you know, when you're used to taking five minutes to get somewhere and it takes you 15 and it's made me slow down and think. And um, so Shauna had to come from the other side of the bridge and we're doing it in person. And, and I have to warn you, be patient. There's some gems in there, but there's also many sounds of the Pacific Northwest and Vashon Island. Certainly since COVID, we've kind of been in a co-pod and um, a lot of real deep thinking. So we're sharing uh, sharing a few of the thoughts that are certainly creative, but I think a lot of people can relate to just the decisions we make and and how to how to look at things maybe in a slightly more positive light. One of the things that we were talking about not that long ago was the fact that often women and I I know there's a lot of women and men listening, but women often don't kind of toot their own horn when they're introducing themselves as much. They just kind of, they don't, they don't brag on themselves. So we were talking about that and Shauna rewrote her bio and I want to 
read it here because I just love how she did it. It just is like, yeah, this is this is what I've done. And it and I find it fascinating and a great exercise. And I even talked about this in the Creative Mojo class I'm teaching now because it's like, hey, let's think about what we've really done and stand proud for it. Shauna M. Ahern won a James Beard Award for one of her three published cookbooks written with her chef husband, and the rest were lauded by the New York Times and the International Association of Culinary Professionals. In 2005, Shauna started one of the first gluten-free blogs in the world. That's 2005. Creating recipes in a huge community, both. She has taught culinary getaways in a villa in Tuscany, appeared on the Food Network, and traveled around the country speaking about her experiences with food and life. Shauna won awards for her teaching when she taught high school. She ran her own screenplay editing business in Manhattan 20 plus years ago and runs her own teaching, coaching, and editing business on Vashon Island now. The best of these experiences was the joy of creating and being in community. Honestly, that's what we're all here for. However, through her many successes, even when she won her fifth grade spelling bee, she experienced anxiety and a feeling of not being good enough, a feeling that plagued her from early in life. And then she suffered a mini stroke. The process of recovering from it changed her mind. She details that shift in her latest book, Enough, notes from a woman who has finally found it. The book of essays was recommended by Brene Brown, the Washington Post, and thousands of readers who say the book has changed their lives. I'm certainly one who recommends it if you have not read enough yet. In the book, Shauna writes about moving from feeling not good enough to doing the hard work of saying enough pretending to the joy of finding our own definition of mostly enough, and then living that enough fully. These days, Shauna is continuing the work she started with Enough through her subscription newsletter, findingjoyinenough.substack.com. She writes and talks with people about prioritizing joy to heal from trauma. Focusing on joy gives us enough energy and compassion to help others heal as well. Through joy, we can change our culture. And so Shauna and I sit down outside with the birds chirping and the planes flying over and we dissect what joy is about and how we can bring more of it into our lives. And I think it relates to all of us. So here is just another little foray into a conversation with a wonderful person and an interesting brain and an interesting life. And I find just great energy in, in these conversations. So sit back and enjoy. I'm so glad you're here with us today. I am really excited to be talking again to my dear friend, Shauna Ahern, today. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me here. We have the great good fortune of living near each other. And so for only the third time since I've recorded this podcast, I'm recording in person. The other time was with you and once with Emily. So we're sitting outside on one of the first pretty days of the year. And so you might hear birds, you might hear the wind chime, but I just thought that would add to why we're here. Mm, and it sort of goes exactly with the theme we're talking about today. It does. So let's, let's share what we're talking about today. One of the things that I think we've all been kind of, I don't know, managing or handling or wrestling with this year is what, are, who are we? What are we doing mm. here? How do we how do we manage what what this life is? What is enough? We talked a lot about that last time. Yeah. And we've had some amazing conversations about what that looks like. And you've come to some fantastic mm. realizations and 
answers in your own head. Mm. Let's share what you, it was enough. And now it's something much different and much more, I should say. It's more, I think it's deeper. Um, Really what has happened for me, this is such a hard, hard year. Let's just say it right away. And that's part of what I've been working on is we have to talk about the hard things. We have to deal with things directly. Otherwise they get trapped in our body as trauma. Mm-hmm. And when they're trapped in our body as trauma and that trauma continues to pile in, we lose our joy. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I thought about a lot this year is how after I wrote and published enough and people have been telling me in droves how much it means to them, I still get a message every day, which means the world to me. That part of my work was done. Mm-hmm. I wrote that book for me to be able to understand and comprehend, you know, put it into a place that it was now in the past. Mm-hmm. And while I know now that trauma will need to be managed, it never goes away when it's that kind of deep. What I realized this year when it was so hard is that the true terror of trauma is that it steals your joy. Mm-hmm. So well said. If you're a kid and you're growing up in a house where you are afraid all the time and you don't know what's going to happen next, you latch onto any little bit of happiness, Mm -hmm. but happiness is different than joy. Mm -hmm. And I survived as a kid through a lot of planning and being very (laughs) competent at things. (laughs) And so I had to plan like, okay, I'm going to get this book read and then I'm going to get this grade. And then when I get to high school and if anyone has read my book, you'll realize I didn't get any of the things I planned. I was always an A student. I gave myself stomach aches and got sick if I got a B plus. And I got into Stanford and it was on a scholarship and it was really difficult that year to get into Stanford. And then my mother's fears and my father's passivity meant that they said, well, we don't want you to go to Stanford because we don't want to live in this area. And my mother said, I don't like this area. I don't want to move here. So I was required to give up Stanford. That was the place I was then. Mm -hmm. And for many, many, many years that haunted me. It no longer haunts me because I wouldn't be sitting on this patio with you looking at Mount Rainier <laughs> if I had gone to Stanford. It might have been a great life, but it would have been a oh, different Oh, the one. twists and turns. Right? And the joy that I feel now is in large part because of that trauma. And that's mm-hmm. what I'm working with is not just joy because there's there's this joy in your pants, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. Beautiful. Lisa Conga, New oh. Works tights today love them and bunnies and rainbows (laughs) and they just give me joy and that's that temporary joy which is like look at that beautiful thing which we need a lot right but for me what i'm really interested in is hard won joy Mm, hard won joy hard won joy comes from trauma Mm -hmm. and it comes from not taking things for granted and it comes from a place of not having enough Mm -hmm. and knowing that what you want for the rest of your life afterwards is joy Mm. No longer climbing hierarchies or getting bigger salaries or getting good jobs or none of that matters one whit to me. Well, and I think distilling what one wants down to three letters mm-hmm. is has been a long time coming. Yeah. And I and I love how you talk about it because we we measure ourselves or we compare ourselves to what's this person doing or what am I seeing online right now that maybe I should be aspiring to, or, you know, I've had this whole year of trying to figure it out, but to just, to be able to, cause we do like, what should this be? What should this mean? Right. What should my 
checklists be and and all and to distill it down to joy mm. and that is your filter yeah does it bring me joy oh i mean that can drive so much in a positive way it absolutely does and mm-hmm. since i have been clear for the last three or four months that that is my focus it's not just my work because my work has to be authentic for me it has to be true to what i believe but more than that when you decide to prioritize joy, then you look for joy. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. the more you look for joy, the more you find joy. Truth. And that has been the most beautiful part of, you know, just looking at that orange life ring out there mm-hmm. up against the gray water, up against those mm-hmm. green trees. That's visual joy. Um, mm-hmm. And the taste of this little bubbly water mm-hmm. with a l- half of a lime in it um, <laughs> is joy. And we don't notice these things if we're too busy or we're going too fast or we're stressed out and they're always available. There's, there's something to aspire to. Joy is always available. You know, those of us with kiddos, I think that's quite a dance Mm -hmm. finding joy through frustration and, or call it work, call it a pet, call it an aging parent, call it whatever it is, but to be able to find that colorful life ring. Yeah. <laughs> There's a metaphor. <laughs> is is a really good reminder because yeah. I forget that. Yeah. I I just focus on it, but no, we're supposed to get this done today instead of hey, let me teach you how to make your own mac and cheese today. Right. right. And also mm. it's so easy, you know, I have a 12-year-old and a 7-year-old and it was a really hard time for them this year. It was a hard time for all of us being a parent of as you know of, you know, anyone under 21 this year was harder Mm -hmm. than the year before. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I think sheer um, survival skills. And for me, having my background, I knew instinctually that we had to focus on joy for these kids. Mm -hmm. We had to let go of a lot of the rules we had. Like we used to eat dinner at the kitchen table together every night. Mm -hmm. That was Mm non-negotiable. You know, there are all of these studies about happy families and successful kids sit at the dinner table and talk with their parents and all that stuff, right? Turns out that most of that is just copy. (laughs) (laughs) Because in the midst of the pandemic, you know what my kids wanted to do? They wanted to sit on the floor. They wanted to eat pizza and they wanted to watch sitcoms with us. Not without us. They wanted us to be part of it. And that turned out to be one of the most joyful parts of this year is Picking something that we all four loved and then just watching every single episode of it. Mm. Um, WandaVision just bonded mm. us, you know, all of the Marvel movies. We are watching Modern Family now. We watch the entire office and we haven't sat at the kitchen table in 14 months. And think of all the things you've had to talk about because of those shows. Exactly. <laughs> and now I have a 12 year old who's life lessons. First day of middle school today in the mm. school. And I know darn well, we've got a very close relationship, but she's going to go through the tougher teenage years and she's going to have to push against me. She's not going to want to have those intimate conversations with mama all the time, but we will always have Marvel movies. Mm. We will always be able to drive in the car and say, what happened in that last episode of Loki, which is coming out in June? What do you think they're doing? That is always going to be a way we can connect. Yeah. It does not have to be rules and seriousness. And if you had all been sitting at the table, I, I, dare i venture to guess you might not remember those conversations no. in the same way what we used to do is sit at the table and my husband in particular he's a chef and he was raised by older parents who you know mm-hmm. this is a way you behave you right. sit down yep. you don't move my kids move <laughs> you mm-hmm. know and they didn't eat 
Yeah. Um, we also, because of this, switched the way we eat now so that dinner times are Monday nights we have burgers, Tuesday is tacos, Wednesday is bean baked casserole, which is cheesy, melty deliciousness with the leftovers of the tacos. Thursday is Asian night, which is sushi and chicken teriyaki. Friday is pizza. Saturday is seafood and Sunday is takeout because we're done. Yeah. And we get takeout Sunday nights at three o'clock from some restaurant on the island. And we sit down and we watch movies from three o'clock until bedtime because we're, we're pretty much done, you know, and every one of those movie nights yeah. afternoons have been joy and uh, they will remember those in the midst of the pandemic. They will better than any instruction we gave them. I just, I love that you're able to say, what does my life right now need? What does my family need? What does my work look like? What mm-hmm. does it need? Because I I just keep coming back to, and so many of the questions I get based on the work I do or podcast episodes or whatever is, how do I do it? How do I get in front of the right people? How am I good enough? What do I do next? How do I break out of this thing I've been doing forever. And I think if we can just keep our eye on the joy, mm-hmm. our finger on the pulse of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've had a really interesting year yourself. A oh, year yeah. ago, you were really glad to have the job you had yeah. that you thought would last for a long time. And right. then we had pandemic and that shifted everything. And you've had a lot of really interesting things happen I've in between. Had, I always have interesting things. You do. <laughs> I had a lot of, I thought I had a full-time job that required me to go to Seattle four days a week. And I loved it at that point. I was just so thrilled to be an adult out of the house, having a life, you know? Um, And then the job fell apart and it fell apart in some part because I noticed, and I'm sure everyone has that this pandemic has hit everybody else. Everybody's traumas in different ways. Mm -hmm. I've seen how people who have had difficult times in their life and have moved through them with gratitude Hmm. Um, did not have the kind of problems that the people who did not acknowledge their childhood traumas or other traumas. And so, you know, when we went from home, suddenly became work, 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 work. And there was no humanity there and it just didn't work for me at all. And I'm glad because Mm -hmm. now I'm doing other work and we've, you know, we've been struggling and we've been flip flopping and are we earning enough money? Those questions are always there. We still have important conversations, but I stopped worrying about it. We always Mm -hmm. seem to be just fine. And if we're in the middle of a pandemic, we're fine. Uh, and actually one of the joys that I comes to me all the time is just through gratitude. It's really easy to get caught up in all this anxiety. And I ask my kids all the time, you know, they're sort of upset, especially my 12 year old Lucy. And she'll say, mom, this thing didn't happen. Cause she's 12. You know mm-hmm. and I say? I'm sorry. That didn't happen. But what do you have? Mm-hmm. And maybe t- five, 10 minutes later, I'll yeah. let her have her total, <laughs> yeah. you know, meltdown. Cause everyone deserves a meltdown. Yeah. That was actually one of the rules that we had going into the pandemic as well, which is every person in the house gets one meltdown per day. After the awesome. one meltdown, <laughs> we need to think about what's going on. But one, totally fine. <laughs> it's permission for all of that. And I was going to, you brought it back to it yourself, but gratitude. Yeah. I mean, joy begets, gratitude begets joy and vice versa. And right. I think, and I'm, I know I've said this before, but my, I remember my sister saying to me early on, like maybe I was in college. You are lucky that you get out of the right side of the bed every day. I have to choose which side of the bed to get out of. Yeah. And that just struck me. I, it's so stayed with me because I, I am kind of, I have kind of a happy go lucky personality. I, my biochemistry is such that it's different than other people's. And so I do feel that I, um, 
I go to gratitude a little bit, maybe more easily, Mm -hmm. but that's not always the case when you have, when the bills are piling up and the Mm -hmm. homework you need help to have to help somebody with, but you don't remember how to divide a fraction and, you know, dinner's not ready yet. And so it's different for all of that, all of us, but I think, you know, tips that you've said, like have you get a meltdown a day or I'm, you're giving room for everybody to, to kind of show up how they need to, but then to, to teach that shift. Right. Absolutely. Thinking. Well, and I, I think it's important to say that when I mean joy, it can be very quiet. Mm. It doesn't have to be, you know, someone uh, surrounded by bubbles, jumping into a rainbow. (laughs) That just sounds awful. (laughs) Um, I, I've been doing videos for Instagram on this and people have been really loving them. And so I just did four or five more new ones today to be done for the week. And one that I did, which will be up on the scums is slow down. It's just that, you know, if you are in a moment and your mind is racing, there is no room for joy in the mind if there's fear instead. Mm -hmm. So if your mind is filled with fear and panic, which is five times faster than fear, you're not going to notice the sound of those birds, the wind chimes, the life, life ring, Mm -hmm. the taste of this. You're just not. And Mm -hmm. so the way to move away from fear, even like half of an inch is just to slow down Mm. and think, all right, I'm going to take a breath. I'm going to pick up this glass very slowly and drink it and actually taste it. Mm. And savoring our life is really the key and it's hard to savor. Mm -hmm. So savoring might last one minute, but then you get that one minute, you want more. True. And if you allow yourself that one minute, it's always about allowance. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I've done and I've, so, I mean, I want to say for people who don't know me, mm-hmm. this sounds like I'm some sort of like joyful guru who doesn't work too hard. <laughs> I've always worked too hard. I have always, mm-hmm. you know, I have a, an essay in my book about called Pick Me, Pick Me. That my academics and getting good grades was the only validation I had in the world. It was the only way I felt worthy because what was going on in my house. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I've always been the queen of to-do lists. Oh, my gosh. You and know? you've known great popularity and yeah. great, uh, you know. Great success. And I'm uh, still amazed by it all. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But just because you get popularity and people recognizing you at an airport and success of a certain measure doesn't matter. It still doesn't mean you're happy or joyful. No, it sure doesn't. Sometimes it can be the absolute soul sucking opposite. Absolutely. So one of the things that happened for me during the pandemic is that instead of making to-do lists, I started by making my to-do list and then making a joy list on the side. Hmm. And the joy list was so much more interesting to me mm, mm. because it was what I needed to work on. And you didn't start that at the beginning. That came oh, later. That, was, that came about four or five months ago. So almost a year into the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, I started making joy lists because I had to remind myself to take time off. Mm. I had to remind myself to go for a walk in this gorgeous place on a beautiful day because mm-hmm. there's always more work to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now I don't make to-do lists anymore. Huh. I write everything on my calendar where I have to show up a certain point or I'm having a zoom call with someone. Um, And then what I did was I looked at the way our lives were. And then I wrote down, especially now that both kids are in school two days a week. It's amazing. um, What can I get done in these days? I'm historic for thinking that I can get way more done than I can, (laughs) which is always just a setup for disappointing myself at the end of the day. So now I have a better sense of it. And mm-hmm. I write, wrote a schedule of at nine, I do this, you know, at 10, I do this, not the task for the day, but I give myself nine o'clock to 10 o'clock is writing. 
Mm. Don't mm. go to social media. Don't do anything mm-hmm. else. Just write what I need. 10 to 11 is when I study things for the business. And 11 to 12 is when I work on recipes with my husband. How do you stick to your list? I have a hard time with that well, because a shiny thing comes along. Right. Well, so, I mean, part of it is that this list is hard one too. Yeah, true. When you create it yourself, for mm-hmm. me, and it's not a list, it's a... Right. I mean, it just struck me because we're talking about our kids going to school. When we were in school, we had to be in a humanities class for an hour. Truth. We mm-hmm. weren't supposed to be doing math as we're doing humanities, as we're doing science, mm-hmm. right? So... You may have certainly been dreaming of other things, but when you're in humanities class, you're in humanities class. Right. But when you're a freelancer, you just look at your list and you think I've got all these things to get done and Mm -hmm. it becomes chicken little with head cut off. Right. Yep. So instead I'm like, for this hour, I'm going to work on anything to do with the business. Yeah. For this hour, I'm going to do anything to do with Danny and the recipes we're creating and I'm helping him write for this. And it really, really helps. And it really helps. I love that. And I think, um, I have a friend, Chelsea, who, who talks about the three movers. What are the three things you want to um, make sure for, on Sunday? Like, what are the three things you want to make sure happen that week? But then right. every night, what are the three things you want to make sure happen tomorrow? Right. And if you could put those in your hour that you're saying or whatever right. on your joy list, mm-hmm. it just, you approach it in a whole different way. Well, part of it too, going back is I want to go back to when you said, that some people say, well, how do I get my work in front of the right person? And mm-hmm. what do I need yeah. to do to become successful? Yeah. Everybody asks about the what, and everybody asks, most people ask about the how, but you have to start with why. Mm, yes. Why do you need to get We've your work in front of the people? Why? What, what, what do you think will happen when you get your work in front of the right people? This is what it's all about. Well, why is it important to you? Mm-hmm. You know, why do you feel like you need to have this number of followers on Instagram? Is that a magic number you made up because you heard some Instagram person tell you that it's not true. Mm-hmm. You know, why is it important that you make money off your art? Mm-hmm. And once I started asking myself those questions, I realized like half of what I thought was important needs to go away. Yeah. Because, of, because <sighs> what I want to do is to write in a way that helps me to clarify my mind and seems to connect with the people who connected with it. I want to always be learning. I want community. I want time in my body that feels physically good. And I want to laugh mm-hmm. <laughs> and eat good food. And other than that, okay, nature, um, I want to help people. Yeah. So the joy for me of this time has been, it's become loudly obvious what really matters to me in my mm. life. And I think for most of us who are paying attention, we realize that. Yeah. Being busy is not one of them. Mm-hmm. We used to say, how are you? Oh, I'm so busy. Like right. it was a national religion, you know, <laughs> I don't care. I don't need to go to a bunch of parties, but I right. need picnics with my friends, mm-hmm. you know? So just really making those that clear for me, helped me to really stick to that list. Yeah. That, that makes a lot of sense. And the other thing is I make a joy list that has nothing to do with work mm. and I do the joy things first. Mm. So every day I write five things I want to do 15 minutes each that will give me joy. Because how do we work if we have no joy? Right. What do we have to offer the world? So, for example. 15 minutes of yoga. Mm-hmm. 15-minute long bath with candles and a meditation. Nice. Um, 15 minutes of jump rope, which I've always hated. But it turns out on days like this, it gets me moving and it makes me happy. 15 minutes of YouTube rabbit holes on Paul Rudd. <laughs> Awesome. Because <laughs> it turns out he is amazing at lip syncing. <laughs> I did not know this until I saw him lip syncing um, K 
Can't Don't Stop Me Now by Queen onto the Jimmy Fallon show. And it was the funniest thing I had ever oh, seen. Gosh. And I watched it 15 times in a row. So 15 minutes of watching that, you know? There you go. I mean, where do we make room in our lives for silly? Right, right. Or for non-productive things. And you're calling this, I mean, you're not calling it. It is making you function better, yeah. making you happier. Yeah. It's It's... It's the foundation of your joy. It is. It's taking care of yourself in all those ways. And if everybody listening could pick just one of those 15-minute things, I know meditation is important to you, and I know reading is so important to you, helping others that are less fortunate is so important to you. Those are the things that then can turn into how you are walking through your days and what what your life's work can be like. Absolutely. Because here's my long-term plan for it. It's just the more joy we have, the less anxiety we have. The more I'm focused on joy, the less time I want to spend any time thinking about, oh, but you know, how does I, how do I look in this dress? Like, I don't care anymore. I love my body because it is a body that gets to walk around in the world. Who cares? Um, and I highly recommend um, The Body is Not an Apology by Sonia Renee Taylor. Our true revolution is to radically love ourselves entirely. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be a revolution. But then when I realized, like, I insist on talking about the hard things and the joy, because what's truly horrible about things going on in the world that make our hearts feel broken mm-hmm. is that someone shot by the police erroneously who's 13 think of all the joy that that was ahead for that kid i know your post on that was well brought me to tears for sure think about all the joy that's being stolen from people who are generationally impoverished and traumatized Mm -hmm. and then they're told that they're lazy and then they're told they're not productive and that they are the reason why america is at fault and what we really need to do is that realize that the system was built to be broken Mm-hmm. so that these folks would stay impoverished. And if we look at systems, not individuals, but we look at systems, we can see that there is almost nothing in America that is a system built for joy. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there are great moments in classroom, but education is not built for joy. It's built for testing and it's built for right. graduation and it's built for honors classes and it's built for, you know, making what it was built on, which is making good workers. Right. And built, <laughs> Built by a whole different, many generations ago, right. many, many things different in the world that, as we know it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, um, there's a wonderful um, writer who's a designer, Ingrid Fatelli. I love her work. Mm. And she has a, a website called Joyful. And she did a slideshow of her TED Talk where she showed pictures of hospitals and offices and you, when you have this lens on, you realize not one of those places is built for joy. No, it's not. They are beige. <sighs> um, they're terribly drab. They're I, claustrophobic. It's really interesting. I, I think there's a, a start. You know, I think some of the tech companies have tried to do joyful things and fun yeah. things to keep their employees there. That sure. was pre-pandemic. But they have to have a lot of money to do that. Right. And it was not, and I, I know, I've, I think I've said this before too, but the doctor's offices are gray. They're not no, cheerful terrible. and sunny and, and it's true. And, and so how do we bring more of this? What's, what would you love to do with your work around joy? I would just like to inspire people to find joy in enough. Mm. 
that's what my, my work is. Mm-hmm. Whatever that looks like in their lives will be different. We all have different lives mm-hmm. because when I was working with enough, mm-hmm. I had, I would found my own enough, but I needed to write it out because I needed what I, what I, you know, I had to write out what I learned right, and how I learned it. But now that it's out in the world, I'm like, no, but the only reason to get to enough is so that you can have joy. <laughs> it's right. so you don't keep craving and striving for things that don't matter. Right. And the, and the things that you think you must need to feel a certain way. Right. That's, that's that thing. And I, and it was really interesting after reading Shauna's book, it's called enough. Um, and we'll link to that, but, and we talked about it so much and, and your shift happened as, as you mentioned, not till just four or five months ago. Um, because your website is called on being enough. Right. But it's changing. <laughs> but it's changing because think of the difference of when you say the joy in enough. Because then one is seeking and searching and mm. one is fi- looking at what you already have. And the other is, for me, joy. I'm a Buddhist. So a lot of this comes back to Buddhist oh. principles for me, too. But joy is very different from happiness. Happiness is a goal. And when you meet that goal, you're supposed to be happy, right. but you aren't. Right. You just aren't because then there's the next goal, right? Joy is spontaneous. Mm-hmm. Joy mm-hmm. is physical. Joy is fleeting. Yeah. It's ephemeral. Yeah. Um, and I think that the most, in the most profound moments of joy, I cease to exist. Mm. I'm no longer Shauna, mm-hmm. who was gluten for girl, who's writing this book, who's talking to you. I am just a being in space who is in awe. Mm. And we need those moments to remind ourselves that these little from either the hierarchies we've imagined that are important to gender to class to whatever we think they're they're all made up right <laughs> right they're right. completely yep the matrix absolutely everything mm-hmm. is a performance mm-hmm. we just have groomed ourselves to be good at those performances yes and so because of whatever society we happen to be right. walking through right right and so if we decide that's it hell with it. I'm going to seek out joy first. We start doing things from our body. Mm. We start, mm. I may have started making choices from my body as opposed to my brain, which was always my problem. When oh, I was yeah. the first 30 years of my life, I was a brain with a head, you know, and then it was a body walking around. And it was it. But more than that now, I think like, I only want to be with people who give me joy. Yeah. Which is so common sense. Right. But I did not know that before. Because it was always about obligation and making people happy and making sure that you, well, I should probably go to that party because they want, no, I don't want to go anywhere unless I know it's going to give me joy. And it's not at all a Pollyanna. No, it's hard one. It's very flinty. It, and flinty, that's that's such a good way to say it because what we're talking about is not like, no, just find joy in what you're doing. Just make it work. No, No, it's actually dissecting it and saying, is this worth it? Right. Am am I doing something that b- makes me smile, brings me happiness, touches my gut, or is it? Am I doing it for a whole other reason? And yeah. that's the really great thing to think about. And and I think you know, even without going into all the detail, you've had some things happen come along this year that seemed like the pinnacle of a job or a work relationship or or whatever that then just showed your your own joy even more. Yeah, because maybe it. That's not actually true. Somebody else's joy isn't your joy. Right. Absolutely. And it's important to me that people realize it's not the kind of toxic positivity that's out there in this culture. Right. 
Good point. Um, it is not like everybody be happy. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember as a kid writing in these journals, but I had to censor myself because my mother would read my journals and find something wrong with them and accuse me of them. So that, that was always, always censored anyway, but I wrote all the time, be happy, damn it. Be happy. Mm. I thought my job was in the midst of really, truly tr- terrible trauma and yeah. abuse yeah. that it was somehow my fault because I wasn't working hard enough to be happy. Oh. That's toxic positivity. Yeah. This is, you know, there is, joy in everything there is beauty in everything if you look at it without your own fears when i mean joy it isn't just bubbles and colors although i love those right a pink shirt finally instead of gray it's release Mm. i looked in my closet a few months ago and realized that everything in there was charcoal gray or black Mm -hmm. and the reason why is that i had been enculturated to believe that these were slimming colors and i would look better oh yeah if i were wearing black because it would hide my curvy belly and I've spent a lifetime looking gray (laughs) Mm. because I didn't deserve to have colors or patterns or stripes because I'm overweight. Overweight. That's a stupid word that implies there is some line over which, and that's all a man totally made up thing too. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I'm curvy and fleshy and fat. Right. And so it's just, it's just when, when we live, what the norms are, what the, what's, who's painting, what, who's photographing, what it's, yeah, it's all made up. Yep. And that's why for me, my, the tagline of my newsletter, which is finding joy enough is hard won joy is a revolution. This is not toxic positivity and it's not bubbles. It is. If you want to get down to the nitty gritty, there is deep joy in grief Mm. when you're actually allowing yourself to feel the heartbreak of the world mm-hmm. and not say, well, that's not my thing. And I, and well, you know, he shouldn't have the, 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 the police, whatever, you know, all the excuses people make. If you actually just sit and feel and think, what if that were my son? Right. Um, what if that were my partner right. who had done that? What is, you know, what would you feel? And in that deep, deep grieving, I find there is enormous joy strangely because we're actually allowing ourselves to feel what we feel you're connecting we're connecting with ourselves and there's no more pretense Mm. there's no when you drop the excuses and you drop the feeling of you know blame Mm -hmm. blaming other people is a way to make sure that we don't have to feel yes that's very true oh yes so what i'm talking about joy i'm talking about feeling deep 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 humanity stuff joy you're so good shauna is a is a advocate for, I mean, that's just a small word for the bigness that I feel uh, that you choose to advocate with, but for humanity, for other people, for the potential in us all, for getting it out there. Um, and I'm, and if you follow Shauna on social media and you see her stories, I'm learning something every day, or mm-hmm. I'm following somebody new, or I'm reading something I, I might have missed, or having an opinion, or reading an opinion that just helps me understand or, or know how to look at something. And I really appreciate that. Thank always. You. So I know you're busy working on things around this and you're teaching and you're doing some things like talk to me about how those things are shaping up for you. I have fully embraced the fact that I am a lifelong teacher and I always Such will a be good teacher. I thank you. I love teaching because teaching for me was never, I have the answers and I'm going to give them to you. When I taught high school, I had my students put their desks in a circle and we, you know, I'd always say, look, I didn't get a master's degree to, for you to have to ask me to go to the bathroom. Just you're an, almost an adult. Go yeah. to the bathroom. They never could though. Mm-hmm. They never could just get up and go. Mm-hmm. They always would ask me, 
And I'd say, no, 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 just go. But that was enculturated of like having to be a performative being in school. You know, I love connections. I love conversations. Conversations, I really believe, change the world. And they, as much as I love books and I write them, I think they change them more than books do. Mm-hmm. And so um, I'm going to go back to teaching. I have a class coming up soon called Writing About the Hard Things. Mm-hmm. I've taught many writing workshops and I love it and great things have happened in those workshops. But I realized I need to be more specific because I have had the courage to write memoir and to write about truly difficult things and have come out better and more joyful for it. So I want to give people the chance to tell their stories mm-hmm. um, and to write their stories. It's very much a writing workshop. Um, and I also am teaching a class soon called becoming the hero of your own life. Mm. It's based on Joseph Campbell's monomyth, mm-hmm. but so many of us feel like we got boxed into a tiny corner of our mind and that we are really sort of bystanders in our own lives. Ugh, so well said. But we're not. Mm-hmm. We're the heroes of our own lives. Yep. And if we look at all it's of humanity, it's up to us. And it's up to us to be able to also, this structure of the hero's journey really helps because when you're going through a hard time, you can actually look at it and say, I've been here before. I've been in a time of trials and tribulations in my life. And I learned something profound out of it. I got changed by it. And I wouldn't have the life I did now. Right. Do now if I hadn't done that. And that's what that teaches. So I, I teach a four-week workshop where we watch movies and listen to music and read poems. Mm. And it's all based on learning the 17 steps of that myth. And for me, the one that's really important is that the every, throughout millennia, this has shown up in literature because it's the story of humanity. It's always men. <laughs> Star Wars is Luke Skywalker. Why wasn't it Leia? You know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so what I really am doing is hoping men are invited to take this class if they feel this way. But in particular, it's for women mm-hmm. to realize that they can be the heroes of their own lives and they can consciously become accountable and make better choices for themselves and take great leaps. Because if you're the hero of your own life, you have to go through the struggle to become your own superhero. I love that. You know, I think... And I've seen this in the in the teaching I'm I'm doing as well. I feel like I should say I'm facilitating because everybody gets there themselves. But when people really stop mm-hmm. and ask themselves the questions of the why, yeah. like you were talking about, yeah. Oh my, does it peel back the layers? Does it peel back? Yeah. And and you can either choose to share it or not, but yeah. it's still in your own conversation in your own mind. So I look so forward to hearing about how these go and 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 the change that it will start to bring to people and what a great way to do it with films because i was i love how you put all these things together so i can't wait yeah i mean it's the only place that we listen to kendrick lamar and read the harriet the spy and also look at the iliad you know like it's just because it's all the human story right and then i have other workshops i'm working on i actually um have a workshop that's not going to be up for a little while because i still want to make sure that i have the right structure um, but it's going to be culti- cultivating a creative practice for joy. Mm. Um, there you go. I have never given myself the chance to do visual art because when I was about 10, my brother, who was three and a half years younger, was very adept at it immediately. And I immediately thought, well, he's the artist of the family. I'm not. Mm-hmm. And I stopped. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I had kids that I started even putting crayons on coloring oh. books. And I love it. It's so joyful and it's so relaxing. And so I just bought myself some watercolors and watercolor paper. And one of my 15 minutes every day is just to put paper, put paint on paper. Yeah. And I have worked and worked to the point that I feel like it doesn't 
me, I don't have to be good at it. No. Why do we have to be good at something before What's we give good? ourselves a joy? What's good? I mean, who's deciding? Again, it's the matrix. It's somebody outside deciding something is good. Screw that. I think we live near an airport. Excuse yeah, we do. Me, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. I'm, And this is what I hope anybody listening, this is what just comes up over and over again. Pick up the thing that you want to do. Pick up that paintbrush. Pick up that, you know, those procreate lessons. Pick up scissors or, you know, dance outside or whatever that creativity yeah, looks absolutely. like. But it doesn't have to mean anything but that it brings you joy, right? It doesn't. And it doesn't have to go anywhere. No. It's just if you think of creativity and putting pen on a paper, mm -hmm. yeah, pen on paper. What but if the more you what do What if it's it? meditation? True. What yeah. if it's just a chance to slow down and do something you love and not walk into the kitchen immediately and think I've got to do the dishes. Right. Because we are hardwired by this culture to believe we have to be productive all the time. Right. And those of you listening who do have to do something about it because it is your job. Right. What about taking those 15 minutes and doing it that it doesn't, so that it doesn't matter. What about just dipping your brush in some water and some indigo paint and just making marks yeah. for the next 15 minutes. You might have a whole project that comes out of that. But if nothing else, you'll find yourself breathing afterwards, I bet. Yeah. My brother, who is a very talented artist, uh, it's always stayed with me. About 20 years ago, he decided he, did, he, was, he was a graphic designer. Mm. And he was not doing enough art for himself. And so he decided every morning he would get up and he would paint a candle. Oh. Every day for three months. And he just did a quick sketch every day mm -hmm. or he did a painting or he did pastel or he did drawing, whatever it was. He just painted a candle and then he was done and he put them away mm -hmm. and nothing came of it mm -hmm. except a lot came out of it. Right. Mm -hmm. But nothing tangible came out of it for other people. Right. And that's the key. Joy cannot be for other people. There you go. It has to be for yourself. But when you've given yourself joy, then you can be more spacious and more available for other people. Yes. But if you were doing anything because it will get you more followers or make you more money or it will <laughs> get your name somewhere you think is important or in a magazine, that's all made up. And I can tell you, having been through it, it doesn't yeah. make you any happier. That is not the right no. why. No, no, no. I, I, I am wildly, weirdly lucky. I have had a couple of near-death experiences in my life. My daughter nearly died at birth. And those keep me grounded. Because mm -hmm. as soon as I start, oh, but it, then the rabbit hole of not Paul Rudd, but the rabbit hole of mm -hmm. what could happen if and when, I immediately think, yeah, and I could get hit by a bus tomorrow. Yeah. And I just really could. And every time I look at my kiddo, I think we nearly lost her. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of joy in that little one, too. There's so much joy in my daughter and my son, both mm -hmm. of them. Both, well, and both a lot of work to get there. Both a lot of work to get there. And I have no idea what their lives are going to be. I don't know how long they're going to live. Desmond was born when I was 47. Mm -hmm. This morning he said to me, mama, how old are you going to be when I'm 55? And I had to restrain myself from saying dead, but you know, <laughs> I said, well, I'll probably be a hundred. I would be 102. And he's like, Oh, nobody lives that long. I said, yeah, we have a friend who's 101. You could do too. But most likely I'm going to be dead when he's 55. Mm -hmm. That's a year older than me now. And of course, part of me mourns that I won't be, but what guarantee is in our life? And you have the joy of, having him as yeah. a son and that's a beautiful lucky thing yeah. and and the in the learning that having a black son yeah is bringing to 
you and the people you're in touch with. So much more depth. Is beautiful. And the fact that you get to spend, like, I remember um, when my son was born, I knew at that moment I had zero control over that life. So if I can bring some joy, if I can bring some learning, if I can, you know, hopefully, I'm, I'm not saying I know what I'm doing, but hopefully I'm doing a little bit of guiding in the right direction. And, you know, I digress, but that's, that's what it is about. That's his. And the thing that I've realized in particular during the pandemic, it really came home to me unintentionally because we are so constantly bombarded with the notion of productivity and being important in this culture. Mm -hmm. We raise our children as though they are our productivity projects. Mm -hmm. We raise them to be, um, you know, critically thinking we raise that's important yeah <laughs> we raise them to, some some people raise them to be ready to go to harvard some people raise them to be lawyers some people raise them to be you know um toddlers and tiaras right <laughs> but my kids they are they came out utterly themselves yeah that's what i want my and kids to find out what that looks like i just want them to be joyful that's all i want i want them to be joyful and to love other people and i've already told them i don't care if you go to college I would hope you continue learning, but you don't need right. college to do that. But as long as you are doing something that gives you joy, gives other people joy and helps other people in some ways and can sustain your well-being, mm -hmm. that's all you need to do. And it'll change 10 times yeah. by the time they're 18 and 42. I think the cool thing about talking about this in this way, because it is kind of a, you know, it's a big, it's a, it's a thoughty concept is the change that it brings is yeah. what it looks like this month will yeah. look different. Like yeah. your newsletter shifted a little bit. Yep. Danny, Shauna's husband, Danny has an amazing, gorgeous mm. newsletter as well. Shauna's is so good to read. I love it. Um, but you know, the visuals are so strong too. And yeah. those didn't exist the way they are now. No, they wouldn't have existed without the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And so I'm grateful for that. Yeah. His is joy in the belly at Substack. And he's an amazing chef. Yes, amazing he is. Amazing chef. He food for him is like writing for me. Mm -hmm. It's not, he really is not trying to impress anyone. He has 35 years of this physical experience in his body. And so his muscle memory can whip up anything you want right away. Um, but he also has always felt not good in that experience in restaurants because mm -hmm. he struggled with organization. He struggled with cleaning after himself. He struggled with all this stuff because he has ADHD, which we got diagnosed two years ago. And he left restaurants not long after that. And then the pandemic began and he's realizing where is his joy? He can't keep trying to replicate a restaurant experience because restaurants thrive on adrenaline and right. shouting right. Um, yes, and dinner do. service now. Right. And that's how he kept himself going running on adrenaline, but it didn't make him happy. He felt very, well, let's just say restaurants are unhealthy places in the back of the kitchen. There's a lot of abuse, a lot of yelling, a lot of, expectations and now he has this beautiful chance to take all of this knowledge he has and understand his mind and how it works by making food mm -hmm. but making food for our family making food for this newsletter so in the newsletter there's recipes every newsletter yeah, right three and beautiful recipes pictures. a week yeah and it's real life what you can do with what you brought home from the mm -hmm. market or the farmer's market mm -hmm. or oh and they're i Another plus from living close to Sean and Danny. <laughs> I am very, very, very lucky. Uh, that's part of the reason I can talk about joy too. But I mean, what we're doing is there's an essay every week that he talks out mm -hmm. and then I type it up for him. Um, and 
you know, this week's, for example, is about how our family, not every family, but our family does so much better because Desmond, we don't know if he has ADHD, but he certainly has a lot of sensory stuff the way that Danny and Lucy do. Mm -hmm. uh, we're both diagnosed and they both have very intense food dislikes, mm -hmm. which are based, and I don't call them picky because that's a derogatory term, but it's based on the fact that certain textures and tastes and smells are overpowering for them. Mm -hmm. It took me years to understand it. And so Danny, for most of this year, was trying to still make all of his chefy food because it's his creative outlet. Um, and the kids weren't eating what he was making. Mm -hmm. And so we realized for our family's joy and for them to eat enough, we need a very hilariously mundane schedule that Mondays are burger nights and the kids will come home tonight and, and they'll be back when I get home and Lucy will be back from ballet and oh, it's time for burgers. Yay. Yeah. So they love knowing that. They love knowing that. They yeah. love knowing what they're And we're creating food memories for them. Yeah. And he can play with that. Yeah, absolutely. There's that. always playing to do yeah. like, I mean, turkey burgers or different kinds of cheeses or whatever it is. And what's your newsletter? Um, what, what is it? What have you loved writing about recently? Like what are people getting from you? So, so the audience knows. So that has shifted again, but really what I've, I've come down to now after all this time is um, I have one piece a week, which is about something hard. Mm hmm. There's a lot to talk about. Yeah. Um, I try to find the joy in it and the joy could be that we can deal with this and we know about this and we can talk about it together. That's so strong. Um, the, the next piece is joy. Mm. So some little moment of delights. Um, mm. There's a wonderful book I love called the book of delights by Ross Gay, where he vowed for a year to just write one essay a day for a year mm. about something that delighted him. Mm. And when you talk about delight and joy, it's very real. It's not, it's, I mean, if you're truly participating in it, it's going to be hard things are going to be in there too. Yeah. And for sure. so, my, you know, the first one is hard things and we find the joy in it. And the you don't shy is, away from hard things. No, I never do. I mean, I, I grew up in a family where we weren't allowed to talk about anything real. And so that was a trauma itself. Besides, I think there's joy in the hard things. Yes. I mean, there's certainly, you can be talking about the hard things so that other people can find more joy, mm -hmm. but also in dealing with the hard things, there's community. You find people who agree with you. Very you true. find people who want to work and there's truly joy in being in service to others. You know, I love that. Just that kind of full circle, because when you share of yourself or the things that are hard for you and you do it in a way, even if it's just me with you, um, there's somebody that you've trusted to hold that mm -hmm. you've trusted yourself to say it out loud. And all of a sudden, that person can care about you a little bit differently. You've given of yourself. There's joy right Absolutely. there. Absolutely. Um, one of my greatest joys during this pandemic, and I'll continue forever, is that for people who are paid subscribers, um, there's an open Zoom call Sunday mornings. Oh, yes. That's yeah. been a lot of joy this Part year. Of it too. And it's just so, so wonderful. And all, all I do is hold the space. And so we say hi to everybody and say, how's everyone doing? And then I start off with, what were some joys this week? What would give you joy. And what I love is that people share tiny, tiny little things. And the smaller the joy, the larger it is too. Mm -hmm. But also the smaller the joy, the more we can actually share that joy in words. That's very true. Think about that. Right. The smaller the joy, I bought the perfect postage stamp. Right. Like you can say that. Yeah. That's allowed. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're allowed to say a little bit more or even yeah. think it. Yeah. So you're creaking, cracking that door open and letting that light yeah. in. We went to the farmer's market for the first time two mm -hmm. weeks ago. First mm -hmm. time in 
a year and a half the farmer's market had been open. And they had everything regulated and like the ropes you're supposed to go. And I saw you there for about 12 seconds. Mm -hmm. And Danny and I were there by ourselves because our kids were at home and playing Xbox because it was our date. And we walked through slowly and we stopped at every stand and talked to every neighbor. And we talked to every person we could meet. And it was more new people Mm. we had not ever talked to before than Mm. I had met in a year and a half. Wow. And, and we, just if you're wondering, it was it's done so like you come in one way, it's very spaced out, it's amazingly done, and everyone's wearing masks. Mm-hmm. And we happened on, you know, I bought like some lemongrass shampoo bar that mm. you use to, you know, no duty shampoo. I love it, um, but mostly I talked to everyone. Yeah, and we came around a corner, and there was Matt Dillon, who is an amazing chef who lives here on the island. He's mm-hmm. got legions of restaurants in Seattle, and he has a farm now, and he's selling mushrooms at the farmers market and oysters. Mm-hmm. So we bought six oysters and like four king oyster mushrooms and pea shoots and fern fronds and yeah, some amazing ferns and good, miners yeah. lettuce and it was spring yeah. and it was mm. sunny and we were talking with people and we were talking with this chef we know we hadn't seen in a long time and it was the first green things of spring and my entire body felt like it was about to explode yeah there was it's that's joy and we don't talk about those things enough no. We think, well, that was a nice we thing, but I got to get back to work now. Yes. No, we rushed past them because yeah. we have so many things to do. But mm. who, you know, are we going to get to the end of our lives and say, here was her salary and here was how many paintings she sold. And here, like, none of that matters. I just want anybody listening to just stop for a second and think, well, what joy did you have today? And what really matters at the end of it? You know? Yeah. And yeah. we, we all have so much anxiety. The things we're anxious about are rarely ever happening. Yeah, it's true. It, it, a lot of them are in our heads. Yeah. Yeah. So I did a video recently where I just said, just if you're feeling anxious, go outside and skip. Mm-hmm. It's literally that. impossible to be in a bad mood if you're skipping. <laughs> and you may stop skipping because you're in a bad mood. But if you actually give yourself to it and skip around for 10 minutes, you are a different person. Than I you love started. that. Videos are something... I- that you recently started too because mm-hmm. of joy. That mm-hmm. was that's not always easy. I know a lot of people are out there thinking a video. I could never, but Shauna has great videos and mm-hmm. they're joy filled. And I think it's come yeah. from just like I'm just putting this out there because yeah. it's how I feel. You know, my my husband is ADHD and dyslexia, and he has not read many books all the way through. He reads lots and lots of history magazines, you know, articles, but a whole book. And it just hit me during this pandemic. I'm like, I am working and working to write these essays that are very literary in some ways and very plain spoken in others. And I read every essay to him and Mm -hmm. he loves them. I'm like, he watches videos. Mm -hmm. That's how most of the world is getting its information now. Like we might as well just handle that and realize that videos can be an enormous source of learning and an enormous source of joy. Mm -hmm. So now I'm doing videos and the responses I'm getting are like tenfold to any essay I've written. Interesting. People in 30 seconds can gain. I could do one tip for 30 seconds. Mm. Um, change your mind about one thing. Mm. Just like order takeout from a restaurant you think you don't like. Mm. And that's the dinner <laughs> tonight because when we change our minds, we expand them a little bit. And yes, it just leaves do. a little more time for joy. Oh, there's a there's a great tip right there. Also, we need Thank to change you. our minds because we have so much unconscious bias in this culture. Point. So, you know, behind the sweet, kind videos is also, yeah. And the other thing is a lot of what I offer as joy are actually the kinds of activities that will help heal trauma in the body. Yeah. So to heal trauma in the body, 
therapy is great, but talking about it doesn't really do it. Um, if you truly want to manage and, you know, work with your trauma and get it out of your system, it's yoga, it's singing, it's skipping, it's anything that involves the body. Mm-hmm. Our trauma and the body cannot be healed unless we're using our body. Right. And telling your body that, that there's other ways to approach that thought. Right. So once you know that, my joy list is all five things in my body. Mm. It's baths, it's water coloring, mm-hmm. it's skipping, it's walk, going on a walk with you or another mm-hmm. friend, you know. It's not, not sitting down to work. Right. Ever. And it makes sitting down to work a lot easier. And it doesn't make work work. It makes it, you just can frame it differently. For me, it's just pure time. Like I would work and work and work and work and work. And then we get to the end of the day. I'm like, Oh, I forgot to exercise again, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And I've had a revolution in my mind about exercise, which is um, I'm not trying to change my body anymore. I'm 54. I had a double mastectomy. So I have no breasts. I am, you know, plump, fat, whatever you want to call it. Right. Lovely. I'm so, so, so grateful to have a body though. Yeah. And particularly after this year when we lost so yes. many people, Yes. you know, the, any, the idea of anyone like get, get ready for your bikini body right now is just disgusting. Yeah. That's and not it real. Still go on because that marketing is happening, but it's not real. Right. So right. like, um, what can we do with our bodies right now? And the idea that I'm giving myself joy as my first priority when I do sit down to work, it's like, this isn't that big a deal. It's not, it's only right. a part of my day. Right. And the exercise revolution in my head is not that I should exercise to lose weight because it doesn't work, but it sure calms my brain down. There you go. Yeah. So if you're actually exercising to make your brain more capable of joy, hmm. exercise is like a simple directive. Mm-hmm. It gets complicated if it's not. Uh, that's so good. Makes such sense. Thank you. Thank you for this message. I just thought, just in the conversations we've had lately, that this was an important one to share. And I, I just that. wanted people to think about, you know, what matters in a different way. I really think it's the only thing we should be thinking about. Mm. I mean, helping others is really just helping them to have more joy in their life, too, and not have so much fear and not so much, like, you know, discrimination and yeah. poverty. If you just make joy your focus, you'll, you see around you that there's a lot of work to do. Mm-hmm. But if you make joy your focus, you've got enough joy to be able to go do it. Oh, Shauna, that's so well said. There's mm, a lot you. to do. Let's find ways to be able to go do it. Absolutely. Mm. I'd love to know who's inspiring you right now. <laughs> I just did a video of this. I love Jasmine Guillory uh, romance novels. Mm. They're absolutely brilliant. And they are not like there's a whole new, I've never been into romance because it just seemed like Fabio on the cover and a lot of bodice tearing and a lot of, you know, cliche, <laughs> but there's a whole new modern version of it. That is women centered, funny as heck. Um, Oh, the Jeffrey Marsh. Jeffrey I love Marsh. Jeffrey Marsh. They are the most beautiful being in the world to me right now. Jeffrey Marsh. Just, I can't stop watching. They're lovely. There's so much hard-won joy in Jeffrey, which There's is so why much. I connect. Um, they it, say such beautiful things. I'm well, so appreciative. It reminds me, I heard Simi Nosrat, uh, whom I also love, who is also full of hard-won joy. She was on Brene Brown's podcast and saying that she just, she's not surprised anymore that when she's drawn to people, she finds out sooner or later that they came from a very hard place Mm. that those are the people that she's drawn to and that's absolutely true for me as well Mm -hmm. and the people that came from a hard place and and Mm -hmm. jeffrey marsh is absolutely he's they 
we can edit that out. Yep. They are commuting, creating community. They are creating community by telling stories mm-hmm. and by saying, and by being themselves, by being themselves and also saying encouraging words to others. Because once you learn to be yourself and you find your joy, you want everyone else to have it. You can't be selfish about joy. No. It's and true. Jeffrey Marsh, they are not selfish about joy. They are generous and kind and beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah, I wish I could carry off glitter makeup like they do. I don't know. Maybe you can ask them for lessons. (laughs) (laughs) You are generous with your joy. Thank Thank you, my friend. Thank Thank you you so much. Thanks, everyone, for being here. And go find a little moment of joy. I know it's right there in front of you somewhere. That's it for this episode of Windowsill Chats. Thanks so much for being here with me. It's just so great to be able to bring you these conversations with the fantastic people and wonderful friends that I've met and made along the way. Make sure you subscribe to Windowsill Chats on your favorite podcast app and please share it with a friend. And if this episode spoke to you, I'd really appreciate it if you would also leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. You can just go to the bottom of the episode you've just listened to and it'll let you leave a review. If you have any questions or want to check out more details or inspiration that we talked about, head over to the show notes at windowsillchats.com or tantostudio.com. They'll both take you to the same place. I can't wait to share more stories with you again next week. I value your time and I absolutely believe in your potential. Have a great one, everyone, and stay creatively curious.